Well, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you this morning? Pretty good. It's a rainy day here in the DFW area, Dallas-Fort Worth. And well, we're uh, cloudy and overcast here in Chattanooga, Tennessee today. Hmm. But uh, we won't let it, you know, drown out the joy that God can give us anyway. We'll go ahead and give thanks for waking up and being able to see another day. That's it. That's it. Well, uh, you know, my heart's kind of been thinking about how a lot of times we'll go through anxiety and stress. And I know you and I were talking about the, you know, anxiety and stress the other day. And I know that's an issue that people all over our country, all over the world, they deal with it on a daily and most of the time hourly and a moment-by-moment basis. It's so sad that it's such a paralyzing thing, but it's something that's so common. Yeah. One of the things that comes to mind is the time that I dealt with it myself. I remember being at church, and Luke Holter was preaching. And as he was talking about anxiety, he talked about how when the thought presents itself to us, that we have to immediately deal with it. That when we wait to deal with that thought, it's almost like we make a silent covenant with it, allowing it to stay. And that's kind of dangerous if you think about it, because so many times we can get busy at work, at home, with the children, on a job, and we we say, you know what, I'll deal with this later, and we intend to come back to it and we'll forget, or even if we do, we really don't come back to it. Does that make sense? I mean, even if you kind of in your mind say, well, I, I don't receive that, but the fact that you waited several hours is as if you gave it silent permission to stay. Yeah. And I remember whenever he was teaching on that, and the Holy Spirit just was all over me and talking about, you know, well, not necessarily talking to me, but more or less reminding me about how I had been working on equipment and thinking about, you know, a thought hit me, and then I think, well, I'll deal with that when I get done. You know, when I get finished working, I'll deal with it. I'm too busy right now. I'm too focused. I can't break my concentration. I will not get done with my job. So I used an excuse to not deal with it at that moment. Well, at that point, anxiety would grip me to the point to where it was almost physically painful. And I had to literally take a stand and break covenant with anxiety for it to lose its grip. Now, that's not to say that I didn't have a battle to fight. But instead of just passively allowing it to take place, I would actively come against it in my mind. I refuse that thought in the name of Jesus. Just like Paul says, taking every thought captive. 
you know, I would immediately come against that thing using the water of the word to quench those fiery darts of Satan so that it would not be able to take its grip on me. And there for a while it was like, it felt like it was every 30 seconds, every minute. But as time went by, it got easier and easier, more infrequent, more infrequent. And it became less of a challenge. It's not that even today the enemy doesn't try to come against me and bring thoughts that would bring anxiety, but I quickly retort them and they have to leave. That's good, man. Do you have any insight on that? Yeah, so one of the things that, in being transparent, is that, you know, it's still for me an everyday struggle uh, with anxiety. And it's one of the things that we were talking about, like you said the other day. And um, one of the things that I would say is, you know, being that we're, we're talking uh, on this, this podcast, you know, a lot of people think that sometimes the person on the stage or the person who is on the radio, that they don't have any struggles, that they've somehow arrived, that they're, you know, untouchable. But, um, no, we're flesh and blood just like you, um, and we have our own struggles and the things that we go through. But um, I'm, I'm encouraged, and it's, I, I believe that it's an important point that we, um, we make sure we seek out help. We seek out people who have even been delivered from what we're going through. No matter what it is, you fill in the blank. Today we're talking about anxiety. Tomorrow it could be something else. But what, what's important is I think that we, um, that we reach out to others who have been, been through it, who have struggled with it, and are able to pray with us and, and help us through. Uh, that's what we're here for as the body of Christ. So, I think you hit something very important there too, Andre. Um, you said someone who's been there. So many times, it doesn't matter if it's anxiety or sexual sin, you know, lust. It doesn't matter. So many times people look at somebody who's in the exact same boat as them. And instead of it being somebody that really keeps them accountable or helps to lift them up out of the dirt and the mire, it ends up being someone that they just kind of, while they're in the dirt together with. Yeah. You know, and if you don't find someone that's been there, won the battle, how can you have a visual representation of what you need to do to get there or have somebody that can give you sound advice, not just what you want to hear? Think about it. If you and I start a company and we want to go into business together, and we, we decide to make it a corporation. And in the process, all we do is find people that we've gone to school with that are our buddies and are be yes men and yes women, and they never challenge our thinking, how long do you think that business will last? It's not going to last very long. Because if we always have someone that's going to tell us what we want to hear, we're going to quickly fail. Because there's sometimes you may have a great idea, but when the practicality of it comes about, it will fall flat on its face because it cannot sustain itself. And many times we may want, but the best thing for us is to say no. And sometimes we need someone to be a real friend and tell us that is not what you need. And I know you and I have done that for each other many times. 
yeah. you know, in many different situations in their lives where I, I'd run something by you and you'd say, hey, Kirk, you know, that's really not what you need to be looking at. You need to look at X, Y, and Z. I mean, I'd give a, a practical example, but I can't think of something off the top of my head. I just know there's been several times that you and I have both looked at each other and said, hey, you really need to second-guess that, or you need to look at something else, or you really need to take that to the Lord in prayer. Absolutely. You know, one thing I'll you know, add to that, one thing yes, I'll add to that is, is the fact that, you know, number one, like, accountability is huge in dealing with whatever you're going through that we just touched on. Accountability is huge. Uh, but the and – and I lost my train of thought, brother. Oh, that's all right. Sorry. And that's, that's part of this call, too, is when you're driving and there's rain, uh, there's sometimes some uh, some challenges. I got my, my train of thought back. So the other thing that's that's important to know is that there's no there's no growth without an uncomfortable circumstance. Growth happens not on the mountaintops, but growth happens in the valleys. And I think a lot of times in our Christian walk, when we're in the valley and we're going through, is a time where we really forget that that's where God is doing something amazing. He's doing something to where there's actually growth happening in our lives. And so if we think that being on the mountaintop is where we need to be, uh, well, we, we fail to realize how God operates. And um, I heard That's this um, recently. I heard this recently to where you have, you know, Mother Eagle, when it's time for that little eagle to fly, she starts to rustle that nest and kicks that eagle eaglet out the nest. And it's this tumbling fall, and it's trying to flap its wings, and it's awkward, and, and those rocks are approaching quick. And before you know it, that mother eagle swoops in, catches catches that eaglet on its wings, and flies back up to the nest. And so that eaglet now is, is rustled and, you know, feeling all types of probably anxious at that moment. And what happens? Here we go again. Knocks it out again. And it's this repeated process until the eaglet finally develops the strength to fly. But there's none of that flying. There's none of, none of those heights without going through that process. And there you go. And I think that a lot of times, you know, even a God allowing in his, in his sovereignty and his providence and his wisdom, he allows us to go through things because we get to know him in a way that we would never, ever get to know him if we were on the mountaintop. But in the valley, there's a special fellowship with the Lord that we learn in the valley times, in the valley, going through things like the anxiety and him walking us through. I think that what would happen is we would miss out. If there wasn't the process of healing sometimes, the process of going through it, then we would take it for granted. But when God has redeemed you for something, he takes you through it in a slow, deliberate process. There, there's something that is developed in us, and it's a relationship that grows tighter and stronger through that process. That's good. That's really good, brother. Um, I think another great analogy that kind of goes right along with what you're saying is if you think about a seed, when it first is germinated inside of the flower, it goes through a process. And once that process is done, it falls out. And it's in a dormant or almost a dead state. But it can't come fully alive until 
it goes through that dead state. If you just throw a seed and throw it in the water immediately, most of the time they just mold or mildew. They have to, most of them have to dry first. Yeah. You know, and they go through that dry place and it almost illustrates what you're talking about. You go through that time of trial, you that time where things were not so easy. And in that, you end up getting to a place to where when you're exposed to the water, exposed to the heat, exposed to the correct elements, you germinate and then sprout and then bloom. It's a process. You know, so many times we want this McDonald's right now mentality, or as you could say, the Burger King way, my way right away now, I think is they're yeah. saying. So, but that's the mentality so many of us have today. If we can't get it in five minutes or less, we're done. Yeah. But the word says that we are to persevere. Persevere means to continue to press forward even when it gets tough, that we're just to keep moving, to keep moving forward, to keep pressing in and not give up. Yeah. And especially with anxiety, you cannot give up. Just because that thought comes back doesn't mean you throw up your hands up in the air and say, oh, woe is me, woe is me. No, you say, I refuse that in the name of Jesus. God, Amen. thank you for your peace. You know, I love what Bill Johnson says. Bill Johnson says, you know, the praises that we give God here on this earth are extremely special. And it's because that only on earth will we go through pain and heartache and suffering. And he said that he believes that there's a special aroma that goes up to heaven as we praise through these things because in heaven there will be no more suffering, no more tears, no more heartache. Only on this earth will we be able to experience things in that manner. And so when you, my friend, are going through those things here on earth, don't allow the anxiety to take its grip, but instead give praise to God that you are still here, that he is, is still in control. Thank him for the peace that he is providing you even in the midst of the struggle. Thank him for the grace he's giving you because the word says that he has provided a way out even before the temptation has come. So if you think about it, even before the temptations come, he's provided the way out, which means grace is not just for forgiveness of sins. That means grace is large enough to prevent you from going there because it is also the strength to not go there. So grace is much larger than what most of us have thought of or been taught. We have to realize that the grace of God is sufficient for all of our needs and give thanks and give praise in that that even in that struggle, even in that pain, even in that heartache, he is still worthy of praise. He is still bringing you through it. And guess what, my friend? As you press through it and you rely on him, his peace will come. Just remember, don't allow the thought to fester. If you do so, you make a silent covenant to allow it to stay. You have to immediately address it in your mind and say, I refuse that in the name of Jesus. And there's a point that if you get too busy, you may have to physically open your mouth and say, hey, I break covenant with that now. I refuse that thing. I, I do not agree with that. It has no place in my life. Jesus, I receive your peace in Jesus' name.
That's good. That's good. Brother, I want to I wanna add a tack on something, and I think it's a good point for us to start to wrap this up. But, um, yes, sir. What you, what you said is so powerful, and that, that silent covenant and that we were constantly vigilant against. We know, we know the enemy's tactics. We know what he's trying to do. We thank God that we have the advocate with us, the Holy Spirit. Amen. He comes to dwell with us forever. And, you know, he's our strengthener. He's our paraclete. He fights not only alongside of us, but he's in us to empower us through these things. We're able to do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I just want to leave our listeners with this psalm. Psalm 23, it's only five verses or six verses. But um, I think it's really uh, it's pertinent to what we're talking about. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. This is the NIV. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fare no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I just love that, that God, not only when we're going through that deep, dark valley, it's in that time that we experience his presence in an awesome way. And I think that we, instead of us rejecting the sufferings and rejecting these things that we go through, we need to find a time to embrace them. Like Paul said, yeah, I want to know you in the fellowship of your sufferings. Like he recognized there's, there's a time to where there's no other way to know him in a deeper way than to actually go through something. And so, uh, you know, coming full circle now, this this giant that is anxiety is no match. There's greater he that's within us than he that is against us, or he that's in this world. And we, we know that we have the conquering. Jesus said, be of good share because I've overcome the world. In this world, we're going to have tribulation. We're going to have problems. We're going to have these stresses. It's a result of the overall sin complex. But we know that our victorious one lives on the inside of us. And so we will overcome. We will overcome. And it's not just lofty thinking, but we know we're fighting a good fight of faith, and we actually fight from a position of victory. So we just want to encourage the listeners. We speak encouragement over every person listening. Encouragement to ourselves. We're in the same battle as you are. And um, I think it's a good time. If Kirk, you want to go ahead and wrap this thing up and lead us in some prayer. That's it, guys. We never want to leave this time with you without giving you the opportunity to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus died so that you can be set free and not have to face death, hell, and the grave. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. So my friend, I encourage you today, don't wait another minute. Don't wait another day. Accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. He is the God of peace. He's the God of the breakthrough. And with him, there is peace like you have never experienced before. And if you would like to accept him today, we'd like to lead you through a simple prayer that can help guide you in this process. So just pray after me. Father, 
right now in the name of Jesus. I just thank you, Father, that you sent your Son to die for us. I ask you, Father, to fill me with your peace and your love. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I ask him to come and live and make his dwelling place in my heart. Lord, remove any anxiety, any stress off of me, and create a clean house, a clean place in me that will be yours. And we thank you for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you for your peace. And I thank you that you sent Jesus as Lord and Savior, that you raised him from the dead, and that he is not dead, but he is risen, sits at your right hand. I thank you, God, for that. In Jesus' name. Friend, if you prayed with that, us about that and received him as your Lord and Savior, you know, mark that on your calendar. Do not allow the enemy to steal what God has given you, the peace and the freedom that he's given you. And remember, stand firm. Do not allow anxiety to plague you. Guys, we appreciate you coming out with us today, and we hope you come and join us for the next conversation. God bless. God bless.